Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gents, boys and girls from beautiful Sudbury, Ontario, welcome to episode 179B of Tales with TR. Today I welcome OHL veteran, longtime NHLer, three-time Stanley Cup winner, and Shorzy's fans will know him as Jim. Jim what? Jim one, two, or three? It's Jim one or Jim three? Jim three. Jim three. Gents, here he is, Jordan Nolan. Jordan, thanks for being with us today. Oh, anytime. How the hell is everything going? Pretty good. Beautiful day in Sudbury. Got a day off today. Might go to the Wolves game and a good first week of filming. I think we shall go to the Wolves game. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, we got some questions. Some are from me, some are from some fans. We got about a half hour. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, this one comes from Carl in Saginaw. Is the shootout here to stay? And if they change, do you like the three on three? I guess he's saying, what, what will they change it to? I think the shootout's here to stay. I think the fans like it. Uh, I'm not sure if the older generation is a big fan of it because those points do mean a lot. I think for the up-and-coming hockey players and fans, the younger generation, I think it's entertaining for them. I think that's what the game's kind of transitioning to. So I think it is here to stay. I do like the overtimes. Um, Three of the overtimes. So I think you could extend it. I don't think it would make a huge difference in the outcome. I agree. Now, something that this is from me, this part of the question. I'm, I've been listening to a lot of the sports shows lately. And now, like Jeff Merrick says, when the shootout first came in, coaches couldn't really coach again. It was like the Wild West. It was just like going with bad angle shots, like rushes. Now, all of a sudden, you might win possession and have the puck for, well, the entire overtime it's happened. But, you know, two, three minutes at a time, if you don't have a play, take it back into your own end. Do you see any of those changes happening? Brian Burke proposed a shot clock like basketball. Um, I think that might be a good idea. It didn't get much traction. And Jeff O'Neill, I heard him talking about an overdrive, taking it back 
one line, not being able to go back over two. Do you see any of those things happening or? No, I don't like the sound of that. I think it's a bad idea. I think it's uh, it's a totally different game in overtime. I, I like I said before, I think it's. I'm not sure if that the change the point structure of overtime wins and shootout wins and point just structure. just change the whole dynamic of it because they are big points, and really the better team doesn't always win in in those kind of situations because it's yeah. I mean it's not five and five hockey it's. It's good shitty hockey and, and keeping the puck and making smart moves, but it is uh I mean if you did that in playoffs, I'm sure you'd have completely different Stanley Cup winners every year. It has wouldn't a, even be close. Has a fight ever broken out in three on three? I just thought about it. I know. I think it's I think it, you'd think at some point someone would get like a stick in the face and be upset. But I I don't even know if I've seen a hit. But I mean you I, I don't know if I would hit. I'm not cr- cr- criticizing it. I'm saying, you know, if you think I think it's so like, yeah, so I think it, you got to be so cautious. Yeah, yeah. You know, like caught on the wrong side of the puck. You shoot the puck wide and you're costing your team two points a lot of the time. Uh-huh. It's wild. Uh, hardest punch you've ever taken from Remy. Remy in what looks like Roanoke. My notes are, I'm a bad writer. Hardest punch. Uh, I fought this kid in junior hockey. He played for the Owen Sound Attack. And wow. I believe I had a couple fights. To start the year, a couple wins, feeling good about myself. Went into the fight a little too confident. And this kid punched me and I'm knocked. It was I think junior. he knocked me out a little bit. He dropped me. He didn't knock me out, but he dropped me. And then I had no mouth guard in. And I lost my two teeth. Split my lip. Oh. Right in half. I had to pick my teeth up from the ice, the full tooth. Shove them back in. Head to the dentist, put braces on for two weeks so they could stay there. And that was the last game before uh, Christmas break as an 18-year-old, I believe. So, Shit. yeah, riding home on the bus after Owen Sound back to Windsor. I remember just waking up. My face was covered in blood and my pillow. And then I got to spend Christmas break with a swollen face and in braces for the next couple of weeks. Good Lord. I thought you were going to say an NHL. No. Like, not that juniors, especially then. Then, I mean, now, I mean, people that know junior hockey now, I think there's rules and all of them, right? The Q says they banned fighting, although I don't know how you can use that word because one could still break out. It's how long you suspend it or how long the penalty is. But um, the OHL now, I think, is three or five fights. Yeah, I don't know what the rules are, but, I mean, good thing I didn't say, like, Back the, in the, the schoolyard, grade eight, this kid punched me, you know, square in the nose, and that would have been a better story. But next time. Did that happen? No, it didn't. <laughs> In nineteen ninety-seven, your dad won the Jack Adams Trophy. You were a young man at the time. Do you remember understanding what that was all about? And does he display it? For those that don't know, the Jack Adams is the best coach in the NHL. And Jordan's father's Ted Nolan, a bit of a legend in the hockey world, played in pro and played in the NHL and was a coach for more than a decade, added up in the NHL. And uh yeah, Buffalo Sabres. 96-97 wins the Jack Adams. So, yeah, did he display it, and were you aware of what that meant? I don't think so. I, I I mean, looking back and even trying to imagine the feeling after he won Jack Adams or or what it was like for him to coach the NHL, I think I grew up um, with my dad coaching junior hockey and then moving to Hartford and, and moving to Buffalo. I remember more of the home dynamic. I remember moving to Buffalo to a new city. Starting school, 
totally different world than being in Canada. Yeah. Moving back over to the Canadian side to live in Crystal Beach and then Stevensville. And that's what I remember most about those days. So I do not remember my dad playing the NHL. I mean, just like, just like another occupation, right? You grow up, your dad does a certain job. Your dad's a plumber, your dad's a lawyer, whatever it may be. It's just what he does. So I didn't look at it as, wow, yeah. that's special. Um, I think as you get older, you you appreciate those things and realize how how cool and how uh, amazing that accomplishment was. But looking back, it was just what he did. And even now, like, I mean, I played in the NHL and I had a long career, but to me, it just, it just felt like a career that I, that I chose and, and got lucky and was able to do that. But, um, but no, my dad wrote a book, just came out a couple weeks ago. He describes his, uh, his feelings and emotions towards that trophy and, and uh, what was going on through his, um, his state of his mind during that time. So I think it was not on display. Um, but when I won the Stanley Cup, I want to say the 2014 Stanley Cup, the Keepers of the Cup emailed me and asked if, they, if I wanted to bring that uh, trophy along. So there's a picture of me, my dad, in Garden River, me at the Stanley Cup, and my dad with the Jack Adams trophy. Wow. So I that was where you were born, right? That's right. Out of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. This is wild. And he was, so he was, I guess, I never connected these dots, but he was back coaching in the league when you played then. Did you play like against Buffalo when you were with, who you were with? I guess you would have been with LA. Yeah. Yeah. We played against each other. I believe, wow. uh, what was it? Anyway, he called me. I want to say I was in Long Island on a road trip. He called me and, and told me the news that he's going to, he got a call from Pat LaFontaine, coach of Buffalo Sabres. And then I believe we were in Buffalo on a, whatever it was, on a Friday night, flew in there, practiced Saturday. Uh, we played the Sabres Saturday night. They beat us, I want to say. And then the next morning, um, they were announced that my dad was the new coach of the Buffalo Sabres. So I believe it would be morning skate because we're flying off to Pittsburgh or something like that the next day. So I got to attend the uh, the press conference the following morning wow. when my dad was announced. So yeah, what a weird thing. I mean, weird in a very cosmic good way. But I never really thought to connect those dots when I'm when I'm talking to you. I got to get this book, by the way. I heard you talking about it, so it came out just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it came out a couple of weeks ago. It's doing really well. Um, Does he talk a lot about Sault Ste. Marie? I'm really intrigued by his early <laughs> years in Sault Ste. Marie. For those that don't know, they won the Memorial Cup. Um, and they had a lot of characters on the team. There could be a book really just about that team that won it. it was a guy came over from Tri-Cities where I was playing. Jody Murphy was his name, big tough guy. That's kind of why I started following Junior at the time and your dad. But anyway, yeah, so the book just came out. It's doing all right. Is he touring it? He's doing some press. You know, he's um, he's pretty busy with, with all of that. He's got a, he works for the Chiefs of Ontario, which is a government job, and now he's doing his press, he's doing interviews, he's trying to promote his book, and who knows, maybe we'll get a uh, a movie deal one day. But do you think your dad would come on the podcast? For you? you maybe. Can, you can grease him up for me. Yeah. Okay. And I got another connection. His assistant coach was Tom Coolen. Mm -hmm. Tom played with my father. I actually, I spoke to Tom the other day. Uh, well, spoke. Funny how I use that word nowadays. <laughs> emailed he's in europe i forget where he's coaching i think it's germany or switzerland uh and he's he he came over 
after that, the year after he coached with your dad, he came over to Newfoundland to coach the Grand Falls Cataracts. Cam Fergus, right, our buddy there, that's stunt coordinator here with Shorzy, coached those guys. And I believe in 17, they won the Allen Cup, um, which, again, for those that don't know, it's kind of similar world that Shorzy lives in. The no-show, the Northern Ontario League, right, is, is kind of our – that's the provincial part of it. And then there's an Allen Cup, which is like the national senior championship. Anyway, I've got some ties. It would be an interesting talk. If nothing else, if he ever gets to Newfoundland, I'd like to take him in the basement. Um, multiple people ask this. Where'd you bring the cup when you won it? Now, you won it multiple times. So, uh, you know, I, I, did you bring it to the same place three times? Did you have your buddies involved? You know, tell us a little bit about your time with the cup. Yeah. In 2012, um, you know, brought back to Garden River, I believe I brought in about eight of my closest friends and you know we rented a a cottage on the lake was that the picture i saw you just showed me that was another one that was another time okay but uh but 2012 yeah i rented a cottage brought my friends in i want to say they came in on like a thursday we had the whole weekend together and i got the cup on a monday so um oh. i was a little tired that day but you know when you get the stanley cup and you and you pick it up from the airport or the hotel wherever it is your your energy comes right back, but no, we had a great day. Um, I really um, wanted a lot of family time, so we spent the whole morning together as a family, um, taking pictures in Garden River. Um, we had a whole day playing the community. We did a parade, we had a powwow, and then we uh, we rented a city bus, a Sault Ste. Marie city bus, to come pick us up in Garden River. Really? And we did a, a tour around Sault Ste. Marie. We had our spots all. All set up. That's not a bad idea, actually. I like this day. And then I think we uh, we finished at uh, I want to say it's called the the Canadian in Sault Ste. Marie, and attached is a, a small little motel. And we all got we got rooms that night for after the party, so everyone was safe and and had a nice place to crawl to crawl into bed. And then the next time, again, was 2014. Pretty much did the same thing. Same schedule. We were happy with how it worked out. Right, same thing as in, as in your same place. Yeah, back day. to Garden River. Um, wow, again, just uh, having that alone time with the cup. You don't want to be too busy. You don't want to feel like you're running around. But when midnight does come around, it is a long day. And uh, you almost just want to send it off to the next person. And then in 2019 with the Blues, usually teams don't do that. Usually teams don't give Stanley Cup rings to Black Aces or even time the Stanley Cup. So... I spent, uh, I played 20 games, I believe, with the Blues. I was there for the whole run. I took a uh, warm-up in the finals. I want to say game three or four in St. Louis. Uh, they had a couple injuries, so I was, I almost got a game. So if I would have played that one game, then I would have got my name on the Stanley Cup for again the for the third time. But they gave me a, a half a day. And at the time, I was living in St. Catharines. So we brought down the Niagara in the Lake. Uh, invited probably... That's great. About thirty of my of my closest uh, family friends brought to a winery and just had some food and 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 had a good time. And you know that third one, they had you there for that reason to kind of. So I, it's not like you were a rookie and you just happened to be there. Like I think you did half the job. Well, half, I think you did. If you got on the ice, I mean, it would be different. But I, I think you did a lot of, of, of what they asked you there for. You, you were there for to be a veteran presence. You still were. You were practicing. I'm sure the Black Aces were lucky to have you around. I was a Black Ace. Not like I was out there with Stanley Cup winner, winners. You know what I mean? So I can totally see that. I, if I was you, it would feel earned 
Not as much as the other ones, of course, you're on the ice, but I wouldn't feel bad about taking that cup three times. Yeah, it would be nice to get in. If you would just, if the puck dropped and you got a shift, I didn't realize that's the way it worked. I figured it was like 10 games during the regular season or like two in the, I, I didn't know how that I worked. think it's, uh, I believe you have to play half the season or one game in the Stanley Cup finals. Makes sense. You got, you got to put a rule somewhere. And lots of it's up to the team. Yeah, to okay. put who they want to put so the on. The team wants to give a cup ring, of course. Yeah, maybe. we had a lot of veteran guys actually as black aces. We had uh, myself. We had uh, Chris Thorburn. Oh, really? Chris Thorburn was down the American League that year. We had uh, Chris Butler. Yeah. Played a, a number of games in the, for Calgary. So we did have a, a veteran black ace crew. So I did feel like they, uh, you know, they know we've had long careers. Chris Thorburn had a, a great career, played for a long time. He was kind of a, a uh, fan uh, favorite in St. Louis and also uh, players and management really respected him. So I think they kind of want to uh, kind of reward us for, for staying that long. You know, we all have kids and yeah. we're not, we're not young 20 uh, year old black. That, aces no, that's, I was just, that out. was my next question. When you were explaining the black aces, I was like, Oh, like my experience with black aces is all guys, 2021, 20, right? 22, maybe. Well, I don't recall in my, now I was three years, but I, I don't recall anybody of that pedigree. Um, but we had Andy Moog. He was out there for a while. That was weird because he was 41 and he'd won a few cups, mm -hmm. but he didn't say anything and he didn't like, I was so young and nervous. Like, you know what I mean? Like he didn't like when the shots were high, he didn't like Deeks. So he was just out there and I was just trying to hit his pads. I remember going like, just, just try to hit Andy in the pads. He didn't, he wasn't very vocal. <laughs> Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. With DraftKings, you can bet on any game you want. Whether you want to bet the puck line or the over-under, DraftKings has something for everybody. And if you want, you can throw down on your favorite player as an anytime goal scorer. Or if you're looking for a long-term bet, maybe you want to predict the Stanley Cup champion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. So why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off. Yes, 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You've probably heard me talk about some of Raycon's products on here before. Like how great they are for listening to the Hockey Podcast Network or some of TR's music recommendations. 
Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life or a perfect in-ear fit for all-day lasting comfort. And this past year, Raycon expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. The Raycon Home faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring that the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Or if you're looking for a great stocking stuffer, their 5-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100 watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. You played with Tyler Hall. Taylor, Taylor Hall, fuck, Jesus. And I keep forgetting that. Oh, I'm with my buddy Matthew Bragg, of course. Shout out to Braggy. What's one thing that stood out? Um... I'm guessing speed in junior. I mean, known him now, but and he, and he ripped it up. And uh, didn't he go one overall? So he must have been that good. And, um, you know, I think he still plays the same way to this day. So he was always a good skater. He was always strong. And um, he's one of those guys who always kind of loved the game and, and took it seriously, um, kind of behaved away from the rink. And, but again, he was only a young kid at the time. Yeah, but I never thought of it like that. You're right. Like he, people often ask me about toughness, and like one of the toughest players I'd ever seen was Peter Forsberg. He didn't drop the gloves at all, but he was just like, man, it was hard to get the puck. He always went not only the hard areas, like first, like it was almost this guy was a battler. Like I'd rather fight some guys than have to go in the corner with them. Like, and I never, when people ask me, I always try to think of it like objectively, like that. Taylor Hall doesn't fight a lot, but he does go to those areas like, and he goes hard to those areas. So there's a reason he gets all those goals. I mean, he's really fast. That's the first thing that pops into my mind, but you're right. Um, speaking of growing up, your dad, did you have any other indigenous idols? Like I can't look at it from that point of view, I guess, because in the early nineties, I guess your dad was, breaking ground. I didn't really see it like that, but just watching Major Junior, I didn't think of those compartmentalized issues. But there must have been players and I guess coaches or whoever at the time that were other indigenous idols or or men- mentors, people you looked up to? Uh to be honest, probably not. Um I mean there were lots of lots of good players at the time. I mean guys like uh like Chris Simon who was who was a family friend and and a yeah. big tough player, but I think it's just your, I mean, your mentality. Again, me and my brother are total opposite. My brother's, uh, you know, really into hockey and and a really good player. And and you see these other guys um, who grew up in the NHL, like the Kachuk brothers and and the Domi kid. And they all have their favorite players, but I don't remember once ever 
going to the Sabres game or the Hartford Whalers game saying like, oh, my favorite player is, oh, yeah. is Palafontaine or where I'm, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm excited to see Palafontaine. I think I just, you know, I, I, I enjoyed my, my dad so much and I was always, you know, a big fan, respected him so much. So, but, um, but I was never really a big, you know, a big, a big, a uh, big student of the game or I didn't go to the rank and say, oh my God, there's Palafontaine. I'm wow, kind of nervous right now, but, uh, but no, I respected the players and, um, I enjoyed the players, but I think I always just looked up to my dad, um, knowing his story and knowing where he came from. Fuck yeah. And we always had kind of a casual approach to hockey. Um, I mean, you had to work hard, you had to commit, but in the sense of, um, yeah, don't take it too seriously. But you if you're going to shove it down your throat. And so no. early on, though, so when you were 13, you weren't putting all your eggs in the basket of, I'm going to make the NHL or else. No, I really didn't. Uh, no, I just kind of had fun. I, I thought I was a pretty good player and I would just get by on my skill. But uh, when grade 10 came around, I got drafted to the Erie Otters, uh, went to training camp or uh, rookie camp, I should say, in, in May or whenever it is. Um, I went there. I was probably, you know, 30 pounds overweight. And um, wow. yeah, I made a commitment that summer that I wanted to play junior hockey and started working out and training, going for runs. I, th- I probably lost, honestly, probably 20 to 30 pounds from May till September. Made the team and then probably didn't get uh, probably didn't get too serious with it again until I needed to get serious with it again. You know what I mean? When I, yeah. I didn't get drafted to the NHL, I wasn't I probably wasn't working too hard in the games. I was a good player. I was having fun, and uh, I was good enough to to get it, by and do really, well. Yeah, yeah. But when when it came time when I was 19 years old, where okay, NHL is not looking at me. I haven't talked to anyone in pro. Um, do I really want to go to school or do I want to try and play pro? So well, yeah, that's a I got a, a, tr- a new trainer that summer, uh, one-on-one, committed myself, wow. and then uh, was lucky enough to get drafted to the LA Kings in the seventh round. So I got really lucky. I mean, I know that. But um, I did feel like I always had that that work ethic and commitment when I needed it. It wasn't always there. But uh, when I really wanted something, I would go for it. That is interesting. Like, it, really, that's a little bit different than most players' attitudes. I don't mean attitude like it was a bad one. You're being very honest. You're honest with yourself. You're a good player. I'm not saying that you slacked or anything, but the way you're explaining it is, yeah, like there's a bit of a switch that you could turn on to be just a little bit more atoned. Like, you can be a, you can tighten it up a little bit. And when you did, but that's wild. I know I, you say you got lucky. I know you're a humble guy, but so did they, though. If you can draft someone in the seventh round that ends up being part of two championships, that even plays a few years and is a benefit, then that's that's also scouts getting lucky. And I think, or, or, or good at what they do, but, you know, it's the seventh round. Uh, and I find in that era, the Kings did that a lot. Certain teams are really intuitive, you know, like teams that, I don't know, Boston is another you just think they're down and out. They lose these stars, and then someone comes up you never heard of, and they're like, oh, yeah, that guy went the eighth round like a few years ago. You're like, fuck. Most eighth rounders are now playing Canadian University. I think they always drafted super um, competitive players. Oh, that's a good I think point. that was their thing. I think they wanted guys who played the game mm-hmm. the right way or had that mentality and were super competitive. But, I mean, that was the last time I was also super casual about hockey. was in junior hockey. Um, I got drafted the seventh round in the LA Kings. Committed myself that summer 
And then I would say from then on, my whole pro career, you know, I was never I was never late for a meeting. I always showed up on time. I always always worked out. I always did the right thing. I always worked um, extremely hard. And it's I mean it's hard to play in the NHL obviously, but it's a lot harder to stay there. So um, so definitely once once when I was 19 years old, I would say my my mindset changed where I have to to work and and uh, compete to to stay here. So it's funny because what you're describing is like a natural proge- pro- uh, natural progression of a human. <laughs> but in hockey, so many times, like you're you know, like people were telling me I had to do this or that. I was 14 and 15, which is a little premature. To see, yeah, it's the same as in school. I wasn't a great student. I didn't like to study. High school, I wasn't. I didn't enjoy it. And then when my career finished, and I took the firefighting course and graduated from there, oh, it, way more. Yeah. I was ready. You know, I was committed to it. I wanted to do really well. And if I didn't um, study, then I didn't feel ready for the for the test. So my mindset completely changed again when I was probably nineteen. Interesting. Okay, look, I'm only going to keep you for another couple of questions. Uh, Jordan's real busy, and I appreciate you even doing this today. Uh, do you yourself want to coach or? be uh, involved in management or anything like that? I think when I was uh, an older player in the American League, I really enjoyed um, being with the guys. I enjoyed that side of things because, again, I would work really close with the coach and kind of talk about how the guys are doing or what should we do today in practice. Um, I enjoyed, enjoyed kind of being a little bit of a mentor and helping him, you know, plan our week. You know, you can see how the guys are feeling if, if they're down or if we have a big road trip coming up or whatever it may be. I enjoyed that side of things. I can see that. But um, it is a commitment and something I grew up uh, doing, being with my dad and moving cities and, and switching schools. So that's not something I enjoyed as a kid. So even to this day, I like being at home. I like staying in one place. But um, do I enjoy? Do I think I would enjoy that? I think I would with the coaching side of things. But um, it's such a commitment. And you're moving it. For me, you're, even the best coaches on the planet don't usually coach more than five years in some way. No. It's crazy. It's insane to say that, but that's, that's yeah. what happens. So, yeah, so to commit myself, I mean, to do junior, then hopefully go pro, and then go to the NHL, and then move around, and the rest of life, and you're always searching for work. So it's, uh, it's a commitment that, that I'd want to make. And I really wouldn't want my my children to, to switch cities every few years. I do. I think I would like it, but again, it's not something that, um, yeah. for a lifestyle that I would want to live. I would entertain it if I was single too. To me, I, like I said, it was fine being a player in my twenties with no attachment. It was almost freeing. I enjoyed all of it, but yeah, I don't know that I'd be wanting to move it that much the rest of my life. Uh, and I respect coaches for doing that. Even like Woodcroft, we, we, we've been talking about, you know, he just got like, Oh, he's a decent coach it seems you'll probably get hired again but still you're moving around quite a bit now you can speak to that firsthand okay last question do you ever want to get involved in the broadcasting world comment on the game i don't mean just this podcast like you know a panel analyze it somehow i mean you kind of do that with your hockey schools and we'll talk about that last but i mean like on tv analyzing i don't know i think it's I mean, all these jobs, I mean, everything's a commitment in life. Whatever you want to do, everything takes work, everything takes time. You really got to dive in. But um, I really don't watch too much hockey. And I try to watch the Leafs every Saturday night um, with the uh, Hockey Night in Canada. But to sit there and, and, and analyze and, 
and study the game and then comment on it. It's a lot of commitment to sit in the studio and and work till you know one in the morning yeah. watching back to back games. So I heard Peyton Manning on a podcast yesterday where you know so they wanted him to do to yeah. be on TV. But I it was say that I think it was Smartless, wasn't it? It was Smartless. Yeah. So I mean, he said it was more work than being a player. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, you gotta love it, and um, and I enjoy it, but I would not love doing that again. I think it's a commitment in life. I'm on two hours. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm on two hours, two to three hours, Mondays and Thursdays, and mm-hmm. follow one team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like going, holy shit. People like like the guy Gregor does that I'm co-hosting with, he does it every day. And I know it's his main job, but still, but still, I'm only doing those fractions. Then you got to know all the sports, all the players, the minors, the contracts, right? Like I'm only, I go, look, just give me the Oilers. I'll watch those. I'll follow it. I know hockey. I watch football in a pastime, but I go like Greg's. I can't be if they're, they're requiring the, the study that this requires. Like I wouldn't be able to do anything mm. else. And he laughed. He goes, "And I don't know how they do it. Really, yeah. they must. Each day is almost a work day because you get up and you must. You might, it becomes part of it. You absorb it. You have your coffee. You watch the highlights. Then you read. Then you might blog. Then you might. Anyway, I'm not." going to complain about something I do part of the time, but I enjoy this more than analyzing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, again, everyone has jobs, everyone has things they don't like to do. So I feel like, you know, I worked my whole life playing hockey and now we have our three known hockey school and, and we do Shorzy um, a couple weeks out of the year. So we've worked our whole life towards that. So that is our main Nolan's too, right? Yeah. That's I wanted our main to get focus. That yeah, that's our main so focus. You guys right do now. hockey schools, you Brandon plays gym too. And, uh, or Jim one, right? Jim two, I believe. I think John, I think John Morassi is Jim number one. Your third, just because you, you usually have the last line, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't mean to be ignorant. I just forget. Um, so yeah, so you got Brandon yourself and your dad, who we spoke of half the podcast. You guys do uh, hockey schools, traveling hockey schools, calls of the three Nolans. Uh, am I missing anything? No, that's about it. I mean, we've been doing it since 2013. Uh, we started doing about four or five a summer. Because I was still playing during the season, and then once my career came to an end, we've been doing it really full time. We do lots of flying, lots of flying communities. Um, we really kind of travel around from, I would say November till April, kind of going around promoting. I mean, hockey is a way for us to to get the kids to the rink. Yeah, you know, show them my Stanley Cup rings, talk about my experiences playing in the NHL, talk about you know playing against some of their favorite players, but then a lot of these. Kids need to know that whatever you want to do in life, whether it's hockey or if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a hotel manager, you know, everything takes work. So we just talk about our experiences and and how, um, you know, to be to be a good person in your community, to give back, which is what we try to do. And really just kind of, you know, share the message that even though I play in the NHL, you know, it did take a lot of work, a lot of hard work, Setting takes goals, a lot of people. Yeah. My brother... You know, he got a career in a concussion at the age of 25. He had to go back to school and kind of figure out what he wanted to do. I'm 30. I was 31 years old. I had no education. I had to figure out what I wanted to do. My dad, my dad's from a, a family of 12. Um, no money. Back in Garden River to leave home to to go play junior hockey because he loved hockey. He wanted to play pro and wanted to coach one day. So everything takes the sacrifice. Everything takes hard work. And that's really kind of what we what we share to to these kids. And again, we're not trying to create the next uh, 
you know, Sidney Crosby or, or Connor McDavid. We want these kids to have a good work ethic and also know that uh, it doesn't matter kind of where you come from or what you have. You can really accomplish anything if you put your mind to it. I mean, obviously, if you're uh, if you don't have a good singing voice, you can't be a professional singer, but you can try. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's uh, involved in the music that's industry. right. That's right. There's yeah. lots of things you could do that might lead to something else. Yeah. You know, who would have thought that playing in NHL would lead to being a Shorzy? I, I, so you really don't know where life will take you, and um, so it's, it's interesting when you start setting goals and even small ones at first and, and locking them off. Other things present themselves, right? Shorzy presented itself because of all the things that you said. Like you know, you when you figured out what you wanted, you worked hard at it. You set the goal. You achieved it. And uh, on from there, other opportunities present, present themselves. I can't think of a better way to end it. Do you have anything else to promote or uh, before we go? Um, no, not really. I think we're, you know, we're filming now and we got our three known hockey schools starting in January. And head to your local bookstore to buy my father, Ted Nolan's new book, Life in Two Worlds. It's a great read, a great Christmas present. And... Uh, yeah, maybe one day we'll we'll call our boy Kiso and say, "Hey, you know, we really want you to option to adapt." Book. Yeah, option the book. Yeah, I want you to direct. And I also want to star in it. Yeah, I want to be a so that's that's, that's that's the goal <laughs> one day. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow at work. So we'll see. Not bad. I'm looking over there. I'm looking for the. Uh, I think there's a bookstore. I'm going to buy that today. I'm going to have that read before we're done, and uh, because. Not only because it's you, I think most hockey fans should read this thing. I've heard great things, and Ted Nolan's a legend of the game for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of layers to his story, and I'm about to read them. So should you. Folks, if you're downtown St. John's and you want to go for a beer, go to the Bull and Barrel, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Martini Bar, Green Sleeves, or Trinity Pub if you want a bite to eat, Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, Wedgwood Cafe, or my ex-wife Penny Lane's mom is now running loose tie right above green sleeves, and it is awesome. I'm not just saying it because she's there. She chose the job because she loves the place and the people. And Stephen Hancock and Jody Temple, nice enough to give her an opportunity, and it is awesome. Anyway, folks, it's five stars. It's above green sleeves. What a night out. Five-star meal and down to watch some live music and have a bit of fun at green sleeves. Of course, if you want to go to Mr. Lube, there's two locations on Torby Road and Kenmont Road. Live, laugh, lube. You want to change your attitude, change your life, positivity, strength and balance for the body and mind. Go to ex-pro hockey player Ryan Power at Power Conditioning, who right now trains the likes of uh, Alex Newhook, Abby Newhook, and Maggie Connors. Good luck to Maggie in the PWHL, making her debut in January with Toronto. Uh, Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit. Check it out, pitbullpainrelief.com. True hockey, take what's Yours, folks. I'll be back in just a couple of days with another segment of Tales with Tiara next week with another great guest. Thank you to Jordan Nolan. Thanks to everybody for tuning in to Season 2, Season 3, coming right up in a few months. I'll catch you on The Rebound. Thanks for listening.